Being a parent is hard work. You've limited time, always stretched, always learning. This is Like My Father Before Me, a podcast about parenthood, about being a dad, getting it wrong, but also celebrating the wins. I'm Matt, this is John, (laughs) and we'll do our best to discuss the many, many topics that all parents will inevitably share together. We hope you enjoy what's to come. We know we'll have had a blast putting these episodes together for you, and can't thank you enough for downloading and listening in. You big reader, John? Do you know what? I've read a lot of books in my lifetime, and the, most of them have been since Fox and Kit were born. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you on that. I am with you. I mean, I enjoy... I enjoy reading. I wouldn't say like it's my um, like typically my, my my go-to if I have some sort of downtime, but I do enjoy reading. Um, but uh, I'm with you. Completed so many books since becoming a parent. You know, okay, okay. Hold my hands up. Typically, there's about ten pages to each book. Okay, <laughs> and they're not too difficult to read. But completed them a lot. The the diff the the challenge with parents though is that you complete these books. And then you complete them again, <laughs> and then again, and then probably five thousand times more after that as well. That's true. This is true. And the thing is, is that you, you generally you know them so well that when the kids start acting up and messing about and putting their arms mm. in front of the pages trying to stop you reading, it's okay. It doesn't matter because you know what the, what the words are on the page already, sort of thing. Can, um, can we just talk about the the elephant in the room though before we get onto anything else? Okay, and then are you? the sort of dad, just like me, that after you've read a book uh, a number of times, you start to kind of, you, you grab a couple of pages at a time and, <laughs> and then link and then link the pages together oh, just to get oh. through the end of it. Come on. You must have you done know, that no, a few no, times. I, 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 no, I have been known to do that, but <laughs> the, my motivations for such a a... a Deception is the fact that we're. <laughs> it's the fact that we're we're running late, and it's probably gone eight o'clock, and yeah. the boys just need to go to sleep. Um, but they really want they both want a story each. So I'm like, okay, I'll just get through the story. I have sped ran done a story, done a speed run. <laughs> so, so so like when you listen to a podcast, you can hear it on like like times two speed. Yeah. You do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that. <laughs> Problem is that has the opposite effect to reading a story because that just yeah. makes the, makes it all funny and the boys start laughing and getting all silly because daddy's really talking like this because we talk like, and they think it's hilarious. So well, yeah, that doesn't work. In, in case in case you have not uh, come to understand at this point, but we are talking about books today. We've kind of switched it up. Um, you know, we, we do sort of, we, we like, we like the brand of this podcast in that it goes into, you know, more serious or slightly less talked about topics, which I think, you know, we're in agreement that it's important to talk about those things as dads. But, um, this one just felt a bit lighter because, you know, if, if you're anything like, if you have a drawer that looks anything like my, my son's drawer under his bed, it is just full of books. 
Um, and of course, we're very, very lucky to have that many. Um, but it just felt quite quite appropriate to do an episode on books. And then the rule with this is that John and I have, well, we did actually set a rule, didn't we? Which I don't think either one of us have, have kind of stuck to. We've each got about five or six books each, which sounds like a lot to get into like 45 minutes or so. But there are four typical mentions that we're kind of going to give a little brief overview mm-hmm. as to why that one's a bit of a fave. Then we've got an honourable mention, which is going to yeah. come um, just before we reveal our top book at this precise moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you go down the route of choosing one of those books that is part of a series, though, as well? Yeah, one of my five is part of a series. Yes. Yeah, me, yeah, me yeah, too. So cool. Me too. Yeah. Okay. All can right. I well, throw, can I throw something in? As well, just on, on top of that. Chuck me a spanner. Go on. Yeah, go on. So um, maybe we should t- we should mention at s- maybe within the honourable mentions our favourite books when we were little boys. Oh, if I can remember, yeah. I mean, I can re- literally only remember a small handful, and well, I know that one one of them in particular is still very current now. So yeah, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we could do it then. We could do it now. I don't mind. I, I'm just you know, let's, let's we'll, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> Can you tell that we're making this up on on the fly? That's how this podcast rolls. We'll do we'll do that (laughs) with a glass of wine in my hands. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is going to get ever so slightly more loose with each minute that passes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we'll do that round about the same time as the honourable mention then as well. Yeah. So with that said, do you want to go first? No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let me just. So in no particular order, but these are our standard mentions as to why, just going to mention them and give a little brief overview as to why that is, is, uh, you know, so strongly slammed on the list. Okay. So this one was a a bit of a surprise to me and it was kind of the, the genius that was within the book, um, I only actually understood or, you know, I got my head around it once I read it a couple of times and saw how it how it affected the boys and the book is called i want my hat back and it's by john classen um i don't know are you familiar with this book no okay i'll show you the image of it i mean obviously oh, i recognize the, the image yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so it's a very simple book it's a really good book for all ages that's one of the things it's so it's it's there's no barriers with it but it, it literally is a story about this bear um who's lost his hat and um he's going around asking animals other animals around have they seen his hat um and it's just really funny because basically he, uh, one of the animals um is a squirrel and um he he's wearing a hat and the squirrel's like no i haven't seen any hat why would i why would i, why would I know about a hat like, don't ask me any more questions like panicking like that and, you, and he's like, okay, thank you anyway, and goes on to the next one. And then at the end, he's really sad, and uh, Dieter comes along and says, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, I've lost my hat, you know. And, and he's like, well, what's your hat look like? And he starts describing the hat and goes, oh, I have seen my hat. And then you see him running back, and then he's like, you, you stole my hat to the squirrel. And, uh, and then the next page, you see him with his hat. And then uh, suddenly, I can't remember. I, 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 no, it's a rabbit. Sorry, it's the rabbit. It's the rabbit that's that's stolen the hat. Anyway, then the squirrel comes along and says, have you seen a rabbit wearing a hat? And he goes, no, I wouldn't see a rabbit. I would not eat a rabbit. Don't ask me any more questions, basically along those lines. And that's the joke, <laughs> is the fact that the, the, the bear has eaten the rabbit. Um, 
and it's just a lovely short story and the illustrations are, uh, are, are beautiful. And so it's one of the things that for the younger children, it's a lovely picture story and it's very simple and they can follow it. And then the older children get the joke. It's yeah. just really subtle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it just really, I really like it for that level that on that level is the fact that it, it appeals to all children and, and depending on their age to get a different thing out of it. But it's just a really simple just a really simple but beautifully done book so yeah i want my hat i love the layers to that i mean i I think that may or may not become a bit of a theme within this theme um because like it's it's like watching it's like watching a kid's movie which will be another podcast we have to cover at some point Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. it's where there's something in there for the adults you know yeah. Uh you become a parent you you start watching a lot of kids movies and many of them are fantastic reason being because there's something in there for the adults. Yeah. And that that slams slams home hard and even more so in the books. Um moving yeah. on to my first one. This one's a bit of a bit of a I don't know, a bit of a vanilla choice. I think everyone probably has this book, but I'm talking about The Dinky Donkey. <laughs> Ah, yes. Words yeah. by Craig Smith, illustrations by Katz Cowley. Um, but it's, I mean, for those that don't know, it, it's its a typical kind of uh, incremental page by page, more gets added to the splurge as you kind of go along. And you end up kind of saying these, if I kind of skip right to the end, it's about this donkey. We, we also have the Dinky Donkey, Dinky Donkey's Child, I think. Yeah, there is. Hold on, the Dinky Donkey. And then you've got the wonky donkey. Wonky donkey. Is this is the daughter one, then? This is the baby one, then, isn't it? That's the baby one. That's yeah, the sequel. So the, dink, the dinky donkey is, is, I guess, the sequel, then, to the, <laughs> the wonky donkey. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. But by the it? end of it, by the end of it, you kind of, you know, you've got this donkey that does all these things. Um, uh, and it's, it's kind of, where's the line that sort of has always bugged me a little bit? Oh, yeah, this one. So it's like, wonky donkey had a child. It was a little girl. Hee-haw. She was so cute and small. And these are all the things that you kind of incrementally get introduced to page by page. She had beautiful long eyelashes, loved to listen to rowdy music, painted her who was bright pink. She had to go pee pee. She loved to play the piano. She wore wild sunglasses and smelt just as bad as her dad, which is a mass assumption. And that is not fair. Is that one? <laughs> and that's why I put this first, because it's like, well, this one is obligatory. It's vanilla. It's also a bit throwaway because it's now living on the floor because I don't like that line. <laughs> nice. So that's, that's my first one. Nice, like it. Um, my next one is a book by Rob um, Biddle, I think he's, he's, he's called. Um, and it's called Odd Dog Out. I don't know whether oh, you've heard of that this one. one. No. No. Um, I was made aware of it because of, you know, um, CBBS do bedtime stories. Mm-hmm. And Tom Hardy has done a few books. Yes, yeah. Um, in fact, two of my books I've just realized were ones that were read out by Tom Hardy, but he is the best storyteller. Like if you haven't seen it, honestly, yeah. what just, a voice, what a voice. His voice and his intonation. And he just reads it in a way that's just so compelling, I suppose. It so just draws you in anyway. And so this is how I found out about this book and it's called Odd Dog Out. Um, and it's a lovely story. I, I picked this one because I love the sentiment of this story. And it's basically talking about a dog who doesn't fit in. He's different from everyone else. And, and, and basically he ends up, you know, um, having to leave and searching for where he fits in. 
and he base, basically ends up in um basically meant to be up in like hollywood and and sees all other dogs and they're all just like him and he's like i found the place i belong blah 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 and then anyway, he sees another dog that doesn't that sticks out over there and he's like oh i know how that feels oh i'm really sorry and and the dog's like no I, I, don't be sorry i i've completely belong here you know it's great to stand out but you know be proud of yourself you know stand tall etc etc yeah. and so that dog then realizes like oh it's okay to be different and then goes back to his home and when he goes back he's like all oh, the other doggies are like you know we've really missed you you know it's great to have our odd dog out back um and and just the sentiment at the end i mean like the final line is um is duh, 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 which i just think is um a really nice line there you go that's it so the last literally the last li- last couple of lines is um the pages are stuck of course they are. I'm doing a podcast and the page sticks together. There we go. So basically the final uh, the final lines are basically, it's true, look closer, you can see more dogs behaving differently. Each one a doggy superstar. And he said, so blaze a trail and be who you are. You know, it's kind of like it's this thing of, they like, just, you know, don't be afraid to be different. It's okay mm. to be different. In fact, cherish it and, and you yeah, know, blaze a trail, you know, like, um, and I think that's just a really a really good sentiment, you know, that that's, that's quite important for people yeah. to be comfortable in their own skin, you know, just because they're not like other people, uh, pe- their surroundings, people around them. Um, mm. They don't have to change or they don't have to, you know, they can still belong in a place if they are different. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love books like that. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because my next one's much the same, really. It, it, again, talking about um, how we, we like things where there's something for the adults or, or at least there's a, a serious sentiment within there that the children probably don't realize at the time. But again, you're, yeah. you're somewhat, you're planting a seed or the, the book is planting a seed for you to build mm-hmm. self-confidence and acceptance and, you know, building up your, your skin to be happy and healthy with, with who you are. And all those yeah. things are so important. If you can, if you can plant that seed before, you know, life starts kicking you in the backside mm-hmm. and then you have that thick skin just to kind of face it and smash it head on. You yeah. know, you, you stand a fantastic chance of just, you know, really kind of living happily in the skin that you have. Yeah. Um, mine is somewhat similar to that, kind of. Um, the bear and the piano. Ooh. We should get some foley on this. <laughs> <laughs> so the bear and piano, I'm, I'm a piano player. So when Arlo was born, um, there were a number of books that were thrown our way with some sort of music theme idea or pianos or something. And basically, this this like all kids' books, like many of them are quite random. This mm. one's pretty random. There's this bear that lives in a forest, and out of nowhere, um, this thing, as they say, this strange thing appears in a, a it, within a clearing in this uh, in this forest. And then the bear walks over and plonk presses one of the keys, and it makes an awful sound. It makes an awful sound because of course he doesn't know how to play piano. Mm. Um, and so the bear leaves, right? Because he's like, oh, that sounds awful. I'm not coming come back to that. But the next day he comes back, plays it again, and the day after that too, and for days and weeks and months and years until eventually he's banging out concertos on this piano. So it's like, you know, incremental practice, you know. So again, it's one of those kind of subliminal things. Yeah. You know, it's it's storytelling, but it's you, you practice, you get better with more more hours you put into something. So this piano, uh, sorry, this this bear becomes incredibly good at playing piano and he puts on performances for all his his bear friends. Of course, you can't see this in the pod, but I'll show that to John. There's like loads of bears all being nice. played piano in yeah. the forest. Um, 
And then he has dreams and aspirations to take his piano playing further. And then there's two wanderers that come into the forest and then they go, they basically kind of go, oh, I love what you guys are doing here, but you're amazing. You should go to the city where like everyone, you can fill out, you know, concert halls and release uh, CDs and albums and do all this kind of stuff. And the bear's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'd do that. And gets totally swept away by this idea of, he kind of sells out a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is sort of like um, Rocky Four syndrome at this point, <laughs> or maybe Rocky Three. I don't know when Three. he kind of he has to settle his stuff. Um, so he goes, he goes to the big city, and he gets his name name in lights on Broadway, and like you know, his name is literally on t- in Times Square, sort of thing. But then he's achieved all these things, and then it's like, oh, but there's one thing that's missing, and it's his friends and his family back in the mm-hmm. clearing. So he gets on the boat, he bombs across the lake, and he goes back to the forest, uh, and then he finds where the piano was, but it's empty. The piano's been taken away, and he's like, oh, because I abandoned them, they've moved on. Mm. So there's this kind of sense of, like, grief almost, right? Yeah. Um, and then he, But then, out of nowhere, he finds this other bear, and he's like, oh, wait, 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 stop, come back, come back, where's everybody, everybody gone? And then they, he chases this other bear, and the bear actually leads him to uh, this, I guess, like another clearing or underneath a tree at least um they had, all the other bears had taken this piano put it under a tree and they'd been collecting all of his like um oh, memorabilia and stuff yeah and so they saved the piano for him and said you know we didn't abandon you we, we kept everything um safe for your return sort of thing so it's it's like a full circle kind of book and i love that because That's there's a lovely. lot of stuff in there there's a lot of temptation there's there's aspirations there's dreams but there's also kind of coming back home where that, it all began that sounds lovely i genuinely li- like the idea what who's it written by hmm. sorry i just chucked it on the floor hold on there's me saying oh yeah it's a wonderful book and then i cast asunder on the book it's by david litchfield um and it's we're gonna have to tag all these people so we can like get huge yeah. amounts of outreach for the pod <laughs> now. what's it called the bear and the piano the bear and the piano yeah right i'm definitely getting that one that's a really good book. i really like the idea of that one really good book um, well, then, following on the bear theme, and also this actually was the other Tom Hardy one that I saw. Um, you know, you're setting the bar pretty high for our uh, dramatic reading at the end. Did we mention that? I don't think we did. <laughs> yeah, well, now the bar's are... really high, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this one is, uh, this book is not as deep as that. It's just a really fun book to read. It's just a nice little <laughs> a book, and it's called There's a Bear on My Chair. <laughs> and I'll show you, but it's by Ross Collins. And again, it's one of those books where the illustrations um, are just, they, they're part of the story. Again, again, good for all ages, but it's one of those stories where it's all, it's, it's basically effectively, it's a, it's a poem. It's, it's rhyming. Every line's rhyming, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, you know, it's about a mouse and a bear, basically. Mm. And this, Mouse is going, hey, there's a bear on my chair, you know, sort of thing. And, you know, you know, and it's all like, if I say the opening page, he's so big, it's hard to share. There isn't any room to spare. We do not make a happy pair, a mouse and a bear with just one chair, you know, and it's, and it's literally like that. So it's really easy to read and it's funny. Yeah. And he's trying to get him off the chair and he's saying he has some flair and, you know, basically he's trying to get him off his favorite chair, you know, like maybe prefer to lure him away with a pear, you know, and all that sort of thing. It's just really funny. And then he tries to jump up and give him a scare, you know. Anyway, he loses, he loses his rag. The mouse loses his rag, storms off, 
And then the bear wakes up and kind of goes, oh, and he starts walking back. And there's an illustration. He's going back to his um, igloo. And uh, he gets to the end. The final line is, hey, there's a mouse in my house because the mouse has fallen asleep in the bear's bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a silly story. But it's just one of those stories that can make any parent sound good when they're reading a story. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It just makes reading a story really yeah. easy to do. Do you know what I mean? Like you could be the worst reader in the world, but this book will make you sound like a genius and really funny and um, what have you. So, um, yeah, there's a bear in my, on my chair. I think we've read that. We, when we first got that, we read that. It was, it was on the, on the, uh, playlist for the, for the boys for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, uh, but yeah, there you go. Really good. I love stuff like that. I mean, because sometimes you, you need a blend, don't you? You need a good blend and a good balance of all these things. Because yeah. if you kind of read something that's maybe too heavy, you know, kids get bored very easily. And sometimes they do like a giggle before bed. And that's like my one rule before bed is that there's a bit of laughter in the bedroom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, What's so next? again, following that kind of theme, I've got uh, Octopants. So oh, very different book from, I- that, from the last one. This is a great book. I love this. Um, do you know this one, John? See, I, I, I know of it, but I've never read it. For some okay. reason, I know about Octopants, and I don't know why. Maybe you've <laughs> talked about it with me in the past. Maybe I don't I've know. But, it, like, yeah. but I mean, well, I, I feel like I don't want to spoil it for you then. Um, <laughs> see, I wasn't aware of this. I'm talking through stories, and I'm doing spoilers, but it's like, John, I know, right? We, it's, it's we like should have said that stories. spoiler <laughs> warning if you've, if you've not read any of these amazing books. But it's by Susie Signor um, and Claire Powell. And basically, it's about an octopus who's trying to get some pants, trying to find some pants to wear, right? So he, he swims all around the ocean. He asks his friends. He asks the fish. Um, he asks the the seal, the, the clams. And he's trying to understand where he can buy some um, some pants um, for his, his good self because he's got many, many arms or many, many legs or whatever. Yeah. Uh, many, many limbs. Um, and he even finds, kind of skipping right to the end, he's... He's kind of confused because, again, you can't see this, but I'm showing John with a with a bit of foley. Um, there's a great <laughs> illustration in on the middle page where like every other animal has pants on, and he's yeah. like, "Why? Everyone, even the turtles have got pants. Like, why can't I have pants?" Um, and then he finds the undersea emporium, um, and it's run by a very sazzy looking seahorse. Who, who I only just realized looks a lot like Elton John. Like he's got the kind of star glasses with a big bow tie. And yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm seeing a similarity there. But um, he goes to his undersea emporium because it's famous ocean wide. Um, and then he comes to realize after this guy, this guy, this, um, what's it, what did I say it was? Um, <laughs> the octopus or the seahorse. No, what, who, who runs the emporium? I what the seahorse, you said. Seahorse, sorry. Elton yeah, John. Thanks. Elton John Seahorse. He's got everything for everybody, right? So he's got jewelry for jellyfish, water wings for whales, uh, rainbow paint for rainbow trout to smarten up their scales. Like he's got everything, okay? Um, And what it was, the octopus had it wrong all along. He wasn't after octopants. He needed, uh, oh, I should have, I was trying to think of a rhyme then. Basically, he needed an octo vest. Because he needed 
he had arms, not legs. So that uh, he could get pants. So he had to buy an octavest as opposed to octopants. Nice. Um, I feel like the, the climax of that book really kind of fell on its backside <laughs> then. I was bringing it massively and then couldn't, couldn't deliver on that one. But it's really funny because... I, what I like about it, I think it's the pacing. It's really funny. The, the yeah. rhymes are just really kind of rhythmic and they flow really easily. Yeah. And then the last punchline, it's like you go bada, 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 through there and the last line is on the last page and it just yeah. hits really funny. It's, it's yeah. Really, yeah. It's a really well-balanced book. Nice. That's cool. Hopefully people are still listening to this. I don't know whether this format's going to work or not. People are going to be like, this is really boring. This time no, I think it's, it's, I mean, if anything, like, like we started, you know, when we started this podcast, it was, it was a bit of therapy for ourselves <laughs> yeah. for the most part, um, yeah. just to give ourselves a space to talk about things really across everything. Yeah. And, and the books thing was like, you know, we could just rattle on and say, this is our favorite book. And the, for this reason, it's, it's no, it's like, you know, these are the reasons why, and there's still sentiment that the flavors of this podcast exist through these books and we've yeah. picked them for those reasons. So yeah. no, it's yeah. all good stuff for me. I, I must admit, like, I love, like I do, do you do accents in your books when you got to do different characters? Like, try to, and I'll always resort to like Northern accents. Cause that's where I grew up. Do you know what I mean? So like <laughs> <laughs> Northern accents all suddenly come out and then my wife's like, or Brummy Midlands accents start coming out for the different characters. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, uh, yeah, but it's, I, I've been told it's, there's a really sad day that parents have, I've, obviously I've yet to experience it when, you're doing those voices and doing those accents and what have you, te- reading a story to your children and the children get too old and they go, dad, no, just, no, don't stop. Know, stop. Right, Cause yeah. it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the, the little bit of your heart dies when you realize your child's too old for you to do the silly accents and you know what I mean? The character voices yeah. when reading well, a story. How so, often do you hear it where like, you know, when you're in the mix of it and you're doing the same thing or many of the same things every day, um, these are all the things we will come to miss greatly. Yeah, exactly. As they get older, you know, all the things yeah. we will whinge about and say, "Oh God, I can't wait till they go to bed." Or so, this, this, and that, and the other. But it's those things that, when they turn thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, they become independent. You'd be like, "Oh man, I wish they would just like just sit sit over here by me and just you know do the thing they used to do when they were four. You know, yeah, exactly. Because at this age, they are like you know they really they. <laughs> how do I put it? They really, really want you to sit down and read a story to them. Like it's like one of the highlights of the day is having a bedtime story with mum or dad, you know, like Mm. it's, you know, um, and you're right. I mean, it's like, God, I'll I'll be a really sad day when I realize that the boys don't want that anymore. Uh, Probably at that Mm. point we'll be like, why do we not have more kids? We, you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, but anyway, um, okay. So, um, the next one is a series for me. Oh, it was cool. I was going to do a series next as well. Wicked. This, this is the series episode. Series. So this series, it's I'm, I'm bending the rules slightly with the series. I know, like literally, I'm starting a series. and I'm saying, well, it's not a series. It's basically, um, it is a series. It's it's basically by a um, a company called Wonderbly, and basically they do a series of books. Well, all their books are, um, they are books that you can design. So you go onto Ooh. their website and you can put in your child's name and you can put in your interest and they'll, they'll have a whole different story. They'll have lots of set stories and, um, and you'll be able to pick and put in your child's name and put in whatever their interests are. 
um, or and which which picture looks closely is closest to your child and what have you. And so um, then then you can obviously have it. You can have it hardback, paperback, whatever. And then you have this bespoke book that is about your child that you're reading the story to. Mm. So I've got in my hand here. I've got um, what kind of fox will you be? And this was like cool. the first one. And so, That's you know, cool. at the back of the cover is there are all kinds of foxes in all kinds of places. They have different shapes and they have different faces. What kind of fox will you be? And it's basically about, you know, some will be vets, some will be, you know, some will eat chocolate, you know, whatever. But anyway, um, and they do loads. And we, uh, fo- uh, foxes, actually, I asked him just before we did this podcast, um, what's your favorite book? Because I was saying what I was doing tonight with you. And he said, super fox and i was like ah and that's the the most recent one we've got where it's a superhero but obviously it, it, it's done by wonderbly and you put fox in and it's like you know and he's a superhero and he's saving the saving the day blah 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 um and you know we've got ones for kit so there's kitosaurus you know and where he's <laughs> a, it's a boy who's a dinosaur um so there it's a it's a such a good idea that you can personalize these books mm for your children and we found it's like a really like a really good stocking filler do you know what i mean like or something yeah. like so because it's quite a special thing it's not just a a book that you can pick up at you know you're in the supermarket and you pick up a couple of books this book is is unique it's about them and so that's quite special you know and and they cherish they, the children well my children do they respond they, they really cherish those books because they do mm. feel it's about them and the picture looks a bit like them as well um, yeah yeah. So, um, but yeah, they do loads. You can do it for pets as well. So we, we've got a story about our cats, you know what I mean? Um, and he's having an adventure around the world. So they do loads of, <laughs> loads of different options. But anyway, yeah. So the company's called Wonderbly. Google it, find them. Cause I, I really recommend it because it's good quality books. Um, and it's not, it's not that expensive. Um, um, but it's really nice to have these bespoke, uh, a bespoke book about, you know, about the child that you're reading the story to, or even the sibling, you know, Kit loves mm. reading Super Fox as well because it's about his big brother. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, these yeah. things become keepsakes, then, don't they? I mean, Absolutely. at some point, like like many things, yours, you often have to do a quarterly cull of stuff, clothes, mm-hmm. toys, and whatnot. Um, but there are some items that you want to hang on to. They do go into the into a, into a box, into into the attic or something, and then they get pulled out some years down the line, and you're like, oh yeah. Remember mm-hmm. that, and it just you know all those gushy memories would just come flooding back with every page that you turn, yeah. and it's like uh, it's it's mad. It really is mad. Um, oh, this is going to be really a terrible one to follow. This that beautiful book that you just said about. Now, listen. Whenever I do a podcast, or whenever I talk to anyone, okay, I always have to out myself as a Ghostbuster fan, okay, um, and. I also have to say, I do like other things as well. <laughs> Ghostbusters arguably is my, my thing. I if do like other only, things as well. Right. Uh, can I just get, interrupt and say, I'm what I'm looking at is Matt stood up, talking to his microphone. Over his left shoulder, there are sort of 12-inch uh, Ghostbusters on a shelf. Uh, yeah. Hang off the shelf. Is that what's, your key, what's, the, what's the thing that meet the reader? The, what's the PK meter, yes. PK, there you go. Um, over his right shoulder, there is a Lego Ghostbusters headquarters. Quarters. And if I just um, move slightly this way, and then oh, and then there's the there's the um um oh my gosh, what's it called? It's, it's called the Ecto One, John. Ecto- we've established we've established that I like Ghostbusters. Okay, <laughs> let's move on from this. Now, listen, 
Um, <laughs> this one, this one is a kids version, kids illustrated version of the original Ghostbusters film. Okay, and it's part of the Little Golden Book series. Mm-hmm. Um, we only have this one, so that's why it's, of course, it's the Ghostbuster one. Okay, yeah, but it's really good because, like us being adult nerds, mm. there's loads of you know, you take your favorite nerd movie, Back to the Future, I know is one of them as well. Yeah. And um, what's really good about it, of course, you know, Arlo has watched Ghostbusters. It's not exactly the most kid-friendly film, Hold My Hands Up, Dad of the Year Award for me. But it's like, this takes all the beats of that and all, yeah. any of these movies, and it just breaks it down into a child format. This mm-hmm. is what Arlo should have seen before he watched it. I mean, I can't even remember. Maybe he did read this before we watched it. Who knows? But um, it takes all the main beats. It breaks it down, makes it really fun. It's it's colorful. It's very, very illustrative. And they're just really, really, really good books. And again, mm-hmm. it's all very kind of, even they take lines from the movie as well, and they, they kind of punctuate that. If that's the right way to sort of say it, they kind of emphasize these, these sayings. We got one by Janine, all this kind of stuff. And it's really, really cool. And just kind of rattling through the list. They do everything from like Puss in Boots, uh, uh, what else have they got? Three bears. They've got a lot of more traditional, traditional yeah. stuff. But then down the middle, you've got The Lion King, you've got uh, some Disney Pixar stuff, Sesame Street as well, SpongeBob. I know these aren't kind of like nerd movies, but I'm just trying to look for one now and I'm failing miserably. As I said, there were lots. But I know there's lots because yeah, I've seen them in the shops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We have the Ghostbusters, uh, the um, Back to the Future one, to be honest. Exactly. Um, there you go. And yeah. we've read it over and over again. And I actually dropped it on fox last week actually saying you do know there is actually a- oh by the way i have got a delorean um scale electric car like my my two like okay. I, I have <laughs> there are some films that are very close to my heart and the back to the future films are, 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 is a series that is very close to my heart so anyway and so um and it was fox's godfather that actually bought the back to the future book um bless him uh and uh yeah, so basically we've read it so many times and I completely agree. It has the key um, beats of the story, so there's a nice story, but it's mm-hmm. done in a child-friendly way. Um, and uh, yeah, Fox loves it. But I said to him last last week saying, you know, we've got the film, Back to the Future. And, he, and he's <laughs> like, what? I was like, it's actually a film. And he was like, what? No way. And I was like, yeah, we will watch the film, basically. I'll just have to start coughing when there's the the, you know the the slightly more adult orientated <laughs> language. Do you know what I mean? Of course. I, yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. The thing that really the, I'm really unsure about is the scene with um, Lorraine and Biff in the car at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. That mm-hmm. whole taking advantage of her scene, and I'm like, ah, that's the thing that's really holding me back. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that's for a five year old. Yeah. That might be too much. So I don't know how I'm going to... The thing is, when I was a kid, completely getting off piece here, but when we were kids, right, when movies came on TV, like terrestrial TV, I didn't realize Mm -hmm. at the time, but they were edited for suitable for families. So there was dubbing in there with the foul language or even small scenes were cut out, like small bits where the, you know, the actual punch, the hit of the punch or whatever. And now I'm like, I wish we had that now for our kids because we just need those those the worst bits just to be taken out. It doesn't detract from the film for a, for a five year old, six year old, exactly because the, all, all the main hits are still there for the children. Yeah, so they they, they get all the entertainment, they get the ebb and flow of all the drama and the action and whatnot. But exactly. all the all the all the slightly more risque things, yeah, 
they they, mm-hmm. they don't add anything to the story or the experience for the for the child. So I yeah, feel like we can go into that on our when we do maybe a film review and we talk. We about will do that, a film do one. We'll yeah, definitely do a so. film pod for sure. Yeah. Film episode. Um. So I have my last book, honorable mentions, and um the when I was a boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite story. What should we do? Oh, now? these mashed into one. No, is this an no, honorable mate. No, oh, okay, these, these are the three things that are left, and uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> let's go with. Let's just talk about honorable mentions. Yes. Yeah? Yes. So honorable mentions. Um, there could be loads of books we could talk about. I could talk about the, basically if you, anything by Julia Donaldson. I'd be like, you know, what yeah, I mean, like the Gruffalo yeah. and and you know, um, Highway Rat or Zog or there's there's Zog's so great. many. Zog, yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there, there's some. They're all brilliant stories. And again, they're stories that make us parents sound good when we're reading them. They're so well written that you you can't really go wrong as a, as a parent when reading the mm. story. So, um, but the one I wanted to do, actually talk about was, and I think you know about this one, um, because it's something that we're using at the moment, um, is uh, the Pirate Pete books. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So basically Pirate Pete is the potty training books. Um, and and there's, there's a few different ones, but basically um, it's, a really, it's, a, it's really nice because basically we've got two different different pirate pete books but basically it's just talking about a boy that's in nappies that wants to wear big boy pants and it's talking about potties it's talking about the rules when you use the potty and and it's it's really good to for your child to engage in in this transition to go from nappies to toilet and it kind of explains things and it it just it makes them comfortable with that that step if you like that transition and they're kind of it almost is a bit of a motivator they want to be like pirate pete and and not mm. have nappies anymore do you know what i mean um so it's just a really useful tool so that's my honorable mention basically is the fact that um whilst they're not in my top five of books actually a really useful uh, yeah. book to have in in your library basically that that's a whole other kind of subcategory to itself isn't it like useful tool like books um we, we've only read one i mean I, are you saying that there's more than one t- um potty training pirate pete book yeah well we've got two we've got one that's basically got a button on that press the button that goes yay like sound effects <laughs> when you know um at the key moments but the other one is one that's got stickers in so you get stars uh, and so that okay. was really yeah that's really good so when you that's do pretty do, rewarding yeah when they do a wee and you've got a chart the back page is a chart for when mm. you do a wee you know blah 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 and, and anyway so and so you can stick you can put a sticker on when you've uh you know when yeah. achieve something i mean those um, things are really cool but even just the sort of um i guess the basic version of that which is just the book which is what we've got mm-hmm. um it just helps to normalize it other like normalize the process of as, as you said just now transitioning to to wearing pants and the knickers yeah. or whatever yeah um because otherwise it just becomes another thing that mum and dad are telling me to do yeah and whilst kids might not kind of um take it as that it'll it'll certainly kind of come across as that and you're kind of leaning on the book to help explain why it's important to move out of nappies as well at some point so it just kind of normalizes things which is really really cool yeah um so honorable mention for me now this one's this is actually a bit of a shout out as well this is a book called um the cat the crab and the magic piano so again another musical themed one here but it's written by a a chap called richard scott and richard Mm -hmm. scott is a friend of ours, specifically friend of Katrina, um, actually a ah. colleague of Katrina. 
and he he had a book done a book made and it's i'm not just saying this because i know rich but like this is a bloody good book really really good book because it's similar to the the bear and the piano in that you've got the you've got this cat this crab they form a friendship as these animals do these creatures do um because why not cat and a crab of course uh, and there's a magic piano and it's about dreams and aspirations. They want to get to the top of a mountain. They, they, they source out the help of this magic piano. But what I love about it is when they get there again, spoilers. Um, but when they get to the top, uh, they, they start explaining about how they had good days. They had bad days. Um, Sometimes one of them was happy, whilst the other one was sad. But like friends always do, they supported each other through avalanches and pretty much all types of weather. So mm. it's like, again, it's just kind of leaning into something that's not quite as fluffy. It's, it's, it's really, really yeah. nice. But it's like sometimes things aren't quite so nice and you have yeah. to kind of deal with that, digest it, swallow it, and seek out the support of those that you love and who love you back. And it's, it's just that kind of sentiment again. Of course, by the end of it, the cat and the crab, they fly off on the magic piano across the ocean or something. So it's, it's a bit yeah, trippy course, in that yeah. respect, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> what, what kid's book is not. But again, it's about the sentiment. It's just, it's really colorful, really, really well illustrated. Um, and it's a really, really lovely little story that, um, which has layers for parents and nice. you know, leaves a lasting impact, I think. Nice. That's cool. I mean, there are so many books. There are so many books out there. And obviously, you got, you got, how to put it? I think the quality of books for children has improved over the last 10, 20 years, I yeah. think, by something. Yeah. Especially when the eight older children, like, you know, things like the David Walliams, you know, books that have yeah. been in the last 10 years, you know, there's loads of really good books. And we do, like you say, we have so many books now for the boys, you know, um, and it, it's, it's wonderful. And now we're getting to the point now where, with fox getting to five you know and he's reading at school the books that he's reading at school can be without being ruined they're just a bit lame they're a bit dull because it's more focused on actually the sounds you know getting the the phonics and what have you whereas mm. now i feel that like fox is now getting to the age where we can start getting him to read the books that we've been reading to him do you know what i mean right. like yeah. um and so and it'll be there'll be a familiarity for him like you know he'll potentially be able to know some of the books word for word but that's what i want to try and encourage that's what i want to try and do over the coming months is seeing if he can start reading the bedtime stories you know, from the books like like julia donaldson you know like mm -hmm. do the gruffalo or something like that so um you know that might be a really good way of him developing his reading skills is by reading books that he's familiar with so there's kind of like it's not such a big hurdle to do you know what i mean like mm -hmm. he kind of knows he knows he knows the words already or the lines or or knows 70% of the lines so that the tricky words he'll be able to see and go oh that is gruffalo you know what i mean or whatever so that's something that we're going to try i want to try and do is, is see if he can start reading those stories that we've been reading him up until now basically yeah, because no, again, it, wouldn't that be lovely when when things come full circle and and Fox starts reading one of those books back and and you because you of course would have seen the complete journey from exactly. nothing to glimmers of something and then actually something. Yeah, um, exactly. you know, and we're much the same. We're, we're kind of seeing that with Arlo at the minute as his his reading is you know rapidly improving with each passing day. It's it is mad. I remember you saying to me like you you know wait till they get to school and just things kind of just hit sky sky high mm. rocket levels of of, mm -hmm. of learning because it's just rapid at that point you know yeah 
Um, but what have you got then? So what's your uh, what's the, the the big the big the big cheese <laughs> of your book? What, what have you got? <laughs> what are we talking about? Are we talking about, like, are we talking about the number one book, or are we talking about the yeah. favorite our childhood one? Oh, of course. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I haven't. I mean, yeah. Let's do the childhood one. Let's do All that. Right. Childhood yeah. one. Okay. So my uh, childhood one for me when I was a boy was the gingerbread man. Obviously I think pretty much everyone in the world has, yeah, has read the gingerbread man. But as a boy, I loved it so much that I wanted my mum to read me it every night. But every time she read it me, I cried. Um, so my mum would be like, are you sure you want this story? And I'm like, yeah, my favourite book. But then I'd end up in tears because obviously the gingerbread man gets chomped away, um, eaten by the fox. And we have got actually two different versions of the gingerbread man for, uh, for Fox and Kit. But, um, and, but I've realized they've, they're tamed down now. So when I was a boy, they really drew out the suspense of, you know, the gingerbread man going on the fox's tail and then onto his back and then on top of his head and then onto his, on his nose. And then he got tossed up into the air and chomp one leg gone, chomp another leg gone, chomp another arm gone, chomp another arm gone. Chomp That's a body horrific. gone and then chomp the head's gone. Do you know what I mean? Now the books are like, chomp, all gone. Like, literally, la, la, la. And they all had a nice picnic with jam and jam sandwiches. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, how times have changed. Like, literally, the gratuitous violence that was in the gingerbread man when I was a boy. <laughs> you know, the people, people called on to the fact that mm, maybe we shouldn't be doing that for our five-year-olds, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was my favourite story and it is a lovely still it's still a lovely story with the the little the song that the gingerbread man sings and what have you so i we do read it for the boys and it's a popular one for the boys but yeah that was that was mine yeah. um oh man this is really difficult because when i think of um my childhood books the only one that really pops in there is the the funny bones series the um yes. dark dark street down the dark dark alley all that kind of stuff and yeah. what's like I mean, Arlo actually has um, like a, a, a multi-book book of those. There's three stories in one, and and it's very very good. But it's it's nowhere near my top top thing. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't, I'm not a huge fan of, um, of 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 the illustrations. I'm not sh- not too sure why. Yeah, it's all set at night. The um all the the monsters and the ghouls are all a bit kind of a bit creepy. I mean, I'm, I'm it sounds like I'm slamming it. I'm really not. Is that they're just not? I, I I just love the books that have more of a sentiment to them. Yeah. Like the, again, there's something in there for me as the reader to my to my children, and it's like I, I really gravitate towards those sorts of books. Um, but that series, yeah, I, I do remember that. But it's funny you're saying that this is nowhere, not really linked to yours at all. But talking about violent books, one thing I do remember from my childhood was you know how like you know you'd have R-rated movies in the '80s like RoboCop and Rambo, but then yeah. they would go on to become a kids' cartoon yeah. series. Something, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, Rambo in particular, I remember one birthday, I must have been, I mean, when did the first, well, probably when Rambo 2 came out, because it became a franchise shortly after that. Um, so like maybe late 80s. Um, I was giving a given a Rambo book that had a cassette tape that came came along with it. So you'd whack the cassette in and then it would like read the story along, but it had sound effects and it had like it was nice. like essentially yeah. an audiobook, really, <clears throat> on yeah. cassette format, and then you'd read along with it along the along the way. And I remember that. And, um, you know, whilst he doesn't shoot anybody, he definitely had a whole bunch of guns, though. <laughs> it definitely did. But it was, it was very much in the same, the same reign as, like, 
remember watching the A team where you know it's all action. It's called the action team or whatever. But like, yeah. there's no violence. Everyone just kind of flies up into the air. There's a big explosion. Yeah. They all go ah, oh! and yeah. then they land on a bo- you know, bunch of boxes over there. So it's not yeah. violent at all. It's yeah. about as safe as violence can be. <laughs> and this book was a bit like that. Anyway, but those two, they 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 sort of pop in there for me. Nice. That's cool. But how times have changed, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, right. So this is it. This is the big this cheese. Is the biggie, this is the number right. one spot, with which is going to include um, a short, short yes. dramatic reading. So pick a couple of lines and then give me your best Tom Hardy. Oh, right. Gosh. A couple of lines. Okay. I'll let me do the last bit then. All right. Okay. So... Um, give, give a little overview. Same as before. Give a little overview as to what the book yeah. is about. Then. Why so my favourite book... Um, and this has been a really popular one with the boys. Um, it is a number one New York Times bestseller. Um, and <laughs> it genuinely is. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's a book called Good Night, Good Night Construction Site. And it's basically talking about these different the different machinery on a construction site. So you've got an excavator, um, you know, you've got... Um, basically what is it uh let's have a look there's a crane truck there's um a let me have a look cement mixer you got in there basically it's all the different things and and it's all about these hard working trucks and it's basically just they're working hard all day but now it's night time and now it's time to go to bed and so it's one it's a story it's a lovely story to really after all the excitement and the fun, it's a lovely story just to slow everything down yeah. and let's get into sleep mode. Yeah, now it's time to curl up in bed, bring the duvet up, and time to go to sleep. And that's <laughs> why I lead it. And literally, you know, my boys, like, um, it's not been, it's been a while since it happened, but when they were young, like, literally, I could read this and they'll be asleep before they got to the end of the story. So it's a really useful tool from a parent's perspective. So like, this is a slam dunk book for you. Just yes, this read is, this, yeah. kids sleep. Okay. This, this, li- this book literally is worth its weight in gold to me. Like, you know, I'm literally going to just read, um, yeah, the last couple of lines from it. So through the, through the story, it's, it's gone through the different um, different machinery and saying that they've done their day's work, blah, blah, blah. And this is how it's summarized at the end. These big, big trucks, so tough and loud. They work so hard, so rough, proud. Tomorrow is another day, another chance to work and play. Turn off your engines, stop your tracks, relax your wheels, your stacks and backs. No more huffing and puffing, team. It's time to rest your heads and dream. Construction site, all tucked in tight. The day is done. Turn off the light. Great work today. Now, shh. Good night. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally, I could totally hear that coming from CBBS or something. It's, I'm also you now imagining you just sat on Tom Hardy's knee, like double, double whammy, <laughs> doing a, a story together or something. <laughs> but yeah, so you can, but you can see how that would work, you know, reading yeah. that, and they're just eyes are getting heavy, and just, yeah, there's there's just there's this really nice slow kind of descent onto yeah. the pillow, and yeah. I could feel that, yeah. I mean, maybe it's just in the words, maybe it's just in the way that you deliver that. I mean, it was it was lovely, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's good night, good night construction site. If anybody wants to pick that one up, I highly recommend night, it. Looks like yeah. Well, in typical Matt Walker fashion, um, my book is not like that. 
Um, this this is a book called The Story of the Little Mole Who Knew It Was None of His Business um, <laughs> by Werner Holtzworth and Wolf Elbruch. I think I got that right. I love this book because um, it's got my mother-in-law's sense of humor slapped all over it because she bought this for Arno. And right. it's about a little mole um, who wakes up one day and um, unfortunately something lands on his head. And he's like, what is this on my head? So he goes around to all the animals on the farm um, including a couple of flies who are very well acquainted with this kind of thing that fell on his head, um, and trying to find out who did this thing on his head. Um, and kind of skipping to the end, I'll read, let me see, I, I can't do a dramatic voice, or not even dramatic, but like a soft, calming voice, because the words don't really allow it. There's too many exclamation marks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know. So anyway, so he's, at this point, the mole, He's asked the horse, he's asked the cow, he's asked the, the hares, he's asked uh, someone else, oh, a pig and a goat. So he gets to the flies and he's like, right, I really need to, need to find out who did this thing on my head. Anyway, so he approaches these two flies who are currently doing their thing on two other balls of um, stuff. <laughs> did you? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> did you do this on my head? He was going to ask again. But as he came closer, he saw only two big, fat, black flies, and they were eating. At last, someone who will be able to help me, thought the mole. Who did this on my head? He asked excitedly. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep nice and still, buzzed the flies. There was a short pause. <laughs> and then it was clear to us that it was a dog. <laughs> so finally. The little mole knew who had done the business on his head. It was Basil, the butcher's dog. <laughs> so quick as a flash, he climbed up to the buzz on top of Basil's kennel and bling, a tiny black sausage landed right on top of the dog's head. Satisfied at last, the little mole disappeared happily into his mole, his mole hole underground. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because he spends the whole book walking around with a huge dog turd on his head. And then he does a <laughs> tiny, tiny, tiny little, you know, rice size poo <laughs> on this huge British bulldog looking dog. It's very funny. I've got a terrible sense of humor. Um, but Arlo finds it funny because the good thing about it is got when when all the other animals demonstrate what their poos are like mm -hmm. so that the mole knows it wasn't them who did it on his head, it mm -hmm. comes with a lot of like so the 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 cow then did the cow said, oh, no, it couldn't have been me because this is what my boots are like. So, whash, and there's these huge kind of like, you know, these very emotive, big, dramatic yeah. um, descriptives. And then the mole always reacts to these things. So there's this huge pancake of poo on the floor. And he's like, Christ alive, I'm glad that wasn't me that did it on my head. <laughs> it's just... It's, uh, just Childish humor that we never, but the thing is, <laughs> that sort of thing, it is funny. I remember, I remember seeing an interview with Adrian Edmondson's and Jennifer Saunders' daughter, and I can't remember her name, sorry. But uh, um, Adrian Edmondson was obviously, I mean, they're, they're both actor comedians, and obviously Adrian Edmondson came, was the young ones amongst other things. Anyway, so the daughter were, he, he was, Adrian Edmondson was called into school one day because um, his daughter had been in trouble. And basically, she got she got pulled into the headmaster's uh, for, uh, office. I think for farting, 
basically right. and in, like in, in in the classroom and, and making a fuss i think it was someone online like that she'd farted and disrupted the class blah 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 and thought it was really funny or, or what have you anyway so an agent emerson had to go and get his daughter and was, and you know basically saying that she was a bad girl blah 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 and reprimanding her anyway so he walked out of school with his daughter and as he walked out of school he says don't let anyone ever tell you that farting isn't funny it is funny. It will always be funny, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> and I think that's absolutely genius because, like, I mean, it goes against Sylvia. I don't know whether Sylvia would agree with me, but toilet humour is funny. It is funny. You like, like, you, you like, so stories like that, that's right up my street, you know, like, you know, there's, you know, anything that's to do with poop or, or anything like that. that you know. <laughs> I mean, just as, as a disclaimer, like, this, I, again, much like Ghostbusters, I do find other things funny as well. That's not my only thing. <laughs> It's just the it's that one particular book. It's the way it's described. It's the way that that, that there isn't any mention really of yeah. poop, but it's just all there. Insinuated. So it, it insinuates. Yeah. Of course, it, it's there in the illustration, but it's like yeah. they don't make a thing of that because it, it doesn't matter what landed on his head. He's just trying to get to the end of yeah. trying to find the reason what happened. Yeah. But it's just it's got that layer. It's got this kind of, oh my God, this is disgusting, but it's yeah. hilarious. And only the adult would really find it funny on that level. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, well, listen, uh, we need to wrap up because we're rapidly running out of time. But um, <laughs> <laughs> this has been quite good. I think this will become a bit of a sub-series. We'll, we'll do like, you know, five, six episodes of really, really meaningful stuff. The stuff that we we feel as though uh, it is important for, for dads, especially to kind of highlight and talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we'll break it up with a little kind of every five or so episodes, something like this. The next one yeah. could be the movies one, because um, it's just a nice break of form and it's 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 a it's a break of pace to do something a little bit different. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. We honestly do value your time, your parents, or perhaps about to become parents. So that time is valuable. Thank you so much if you fancy it and have been enjoying our episodes we'd be forever grateful in receiving a review or perhaps sharing one of the episodes amongst your friends and family all is welcomed and we'll see you soon